chapter nine of tom and some other girls by mrs george de hornvesey this librivox recording is in the public domain having it out thomasina led the way into her study and shut the door behind her it was a bare little room singularly free from those photographs and knick-knacks with which most girls love to adorn a private sanctum it looked what it was a workroom pure and simple with a pile of writing materials on the table and the walls ornamented with maps and sheets of paper containing jottings of the hours of classes and games on the mantelpiece reposed a ball of string a dog-skin glove a match-box and a photograph of an elderly gentleman whose pike-like aspect sufficiently proclaimed his relationship there were three straight-backed chairs supplied by the school and two easier ones of thomasina's own providing both in the last stages of invalidism the mistress of this luxurious domain turned towards her visitor with a hospitable smile sit down she cried make yourself comfortable not that chair the spokes have given way and it might land you on the floor try the blue and keep your skirts to the front so that it won't catch on the nails i can't think how it is that my chairs go wrong i'm always tinkering at them nice little study isn't it so cosy yes assented rhoda who privately thought it the most forlorn-looking apartment she had ever seen but was in no mood to discuss either its merits or demerits it was in no friendly spirit that she had paid this visit then why waste time on foolish preliminaries she looked expectantly at thomasina and thomasina stood in front of the chimney-piece with both hands thrust into the side pockets of her bicycling skirt jingling their contents in an easy gentlemanly fashion from her leathern band depended a steel chain which lost itself in the depths of the right-hand pocket rhoda felt an unaccountable curiosity to discover what hung at the end of that chain and rattled in so uncanny a fashion well began thomasina tilting herself slowly forward on the points of her flat wide shoes well and now about this little matter i asked you to step in here because i think differences of opinion are more easily settled without an audience and as it were man to man she buried her chin in her necktie and gazed across the room with a calm speculative glance the likeness between her and the pike-like gentleman grew more startling every moment now we've known each other barely a week and already i have offended you deeply and you without knowing it have hit me on a tender spot it is time that we came to an understanding before going any further however there are one or two questions i should like to ask you have had time to notice a good many things since you arrived you've seen me constantly with the girls do they dislike me do they speak of me hardly behind my back do they consider me a bully or a sneak should you say on the whole that i was popular or unpopular popular said rhoda firmly whatever happened she would speak the truth and not quibble with obvious facts they like you very much and you wonder how they can eh? 
nevertheless it's true i'll tell you something more i'm the most popular head girl at hurst you ask the other colours to-morrow and they'll tell you to a man that you are lucky to have me very well then rhoda who's to blame if you think the opposite yourself and nobody but yourself as i'll proceed to prove you come to school with a flourish of trumpets thinking you are doing us a mighty big favour by settling among us and that you are to be allowed to amble along at your own sweet will ignoring rules you don't like graciously agreeing to those you do and prepared to turn into a wildcat the first moment any one tries to keep you in order then when you are unhappy as you jolly well deserve to be you turn and rend me and say it is my fault if all the new girls behaved as you have done i should have been in my little tomb long ago and you would have someone else to deal with it seems to me my dear that you don't recognize my duties i am placed in a position of authority and am bound to enforce the rules if the girls are obedient well and good if they kick well and good also i break em in i'm going to break you in rhoda chester and the sooner you realize it the happier you'll be rhoda looked at her fully with a firmness of chin a straightness of eye which argued ill for the success of the project you will never break me in as you call it by domineering and treating me like a child i know it my dear i haven't been studying girls all these years without learning something of character some fillies you can drive with a snaffle others need the curb you drive yourself and understand what i mean i can see quite well that you are a proud sensitive girl with a good heart hidden away behind a lot of nonsense if it were not for that heart i shouldn't trouble myself about you but simply give my orders and see that they were obeyed but there's nothing mean about me and i'd scorn to take an unfair advantage now i'll tell you straight that i have come to the conclusion that i judged you wrongly about that pony business and that you didn't mean to brag i saw by the way you flared out that you were really hurt and i was sorry i've no pity on brag but when i judge a girl wrongly i feel sick if it's any relief to your mind to know it i believe that little episode upset me more than it did you when you said i was not worthy of my position and made newcomers wretched you hit me very hard rhoda very hard indeed she stopped short and jingled furiously at her chains then suddenly looked up gave a roguish smile and cried insinuatingly there i've done my part i've acknowledged i was wrong you are no coward so you will do as much you will admit that you have been a difficult subject won't you now rhoda looked at her and hesitated she cleared her throat and determined to speak openly and then suddenly suddenly something swelled at her throat and she heard her own voice say chokingly i suppose i've been stupid i've never been accustomed to be ordered about i'm sorry if i was disagreeable but i never never meant to give myself airs but you did though all the same cried thomasina briskly 
bless me yes the way you came into a room the way you walked out the way you looked at your food and turned it over on your plate the way you eyed the other girls up and down down and up it all said as plainly as print i'm her royal highness of chester and i won't have any dealings with the likes of you if you had been a princess of the blood you couldn't have put more on side and so of course we judged your words by your actions and thought you were bragging when you meant nothing of the sort now just make up your mind like a sensible girl to forget your own importance and don't always be on the lookout for insults to your dignity your dignity will look after itself if it's any good and you'll be a heap happier if you give up coddling and fussing over it all day long there was that little matter of the pigtail the other morning it wasn't my wish that you should tie back your hair i don't mind telling you that it's much less becoming than it was but i was simply acting as the mouthpiece of miss bruce as you might have known if you had taken one minute to consider your friend dorothy whatever she calls herself behaved like a sensible girl and did as she was told without making a fuss but you must needs work yourself into a fury you'll have a fit one of these days if you are not careful you are just one of those fair ready people who are subject to apoplexy so don't say i didn't warn you when we went down to breakfast i tried to be friendly just to show there was no ill feeling and you went and starved yourself rather than accept a crumb from my hands it reminded me awfully of my little cousin of three when he is made to do what he doesn't like he refuses to eat his bread and milk he seems to think he is punishing us somehow but bless your heart we don't mind we know he is strong and hearty and that it will do him no harm to starve once in a way i wasn't in the least anxious about you but i don't want you to go on feeling wretched in my house so i'll do my best to consider your feelings i warn you however i can't stop chaffing if i think of a funny thing to say i must say it or burst and if you don't like it you can comfort yourself by thinking that it's for your good and will teach you to control your temper if you get offended after this the more fool you for i tell you straight there will be no ill-feeling in my mind nothing but simple pure buffoonery rhoda smiled feebly the cool unemotional tones of the other had effectually dried her tears but the softened expression remained and her voice had almost unhumble intonation i'll try i know i'm touchy but i shan't mind so much now that you that you have explained i think you've been very generous all right interrupted thomasina briskly don't gush i loathe gush that's all right then and i'll tell the girls i was wrong just now they will all treat you decently if i tell them to so behave sensibly and don't be a young jackass and all will be well i um beg your pardon don't mention it thomasina beamed amiably over her shoulder jackass i said don't be a jackass the gong will ring in ten minutes so you'd better be off to your room pleased to have seen you good afternoon come again another day 
End of chapter 9